welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole, and today I have not just one, but two guests. And they are actually fellow podcasters on the, the expat podcasting scene, or I guess on the general international podcasting scene. They are the hosts of Untranslatable, which is a podcast where they talk about all sorts of linguistic topics, like phrases that don't translate into other languages, or different dialects, or what have you. I was really excited to, well, first off, find their podcast, and then second off, have them on my show, because between the three of us, we have a lot of places and cultures in common. So I spent some time out in the Midwest, in Chicago, and they're from Michigan. Now Jared's living in Philadelphia, where I grew up, and they both met in Vienna, and so they both have this common draw towards the German-speaking world. So we definitely had plenty to talk about. (laughs) Our conversation focuses on their time in Vienna and how that brought them together and how their friendship has evolved since then. So I'll link to their show and social media in the show notes if you want to hear more from Jared and Chad. But for now, here's our episode together of the Expat Cast. My name is Chad, and I am originally from Dexter, Michigan, which is a small town right outside of Ann Arbor, Michigan. I spent most of my life there, but I studied abroad in Vienna, Austria in 2012 uh, and 2013. After that, I was a German teacher in Germany for uh, the summers of 2015 and 2016 near a, um, near a city named Koblenz. I was in a smaller town called Mayen. Even Germans don't uh, know where mine is a lot of the time. And now I'm currently living in um, Komutov, which is an area in uh, northern West Bohemia in the Czech Republic. I'm about an hour and 45 minutes away from Prague, I think roughly about 90 kilometers. And I've been living here now for four months, and I'll be here for another six months. Next up. Uh, I'm Jared. I grew up in Michigan. And then when I was uh, 11, going close to 12, I moved to Germany, Dusseldorf. I lived in Dusseldorf for four years. And then I moved back to Michigan, and I lived in Michigan for, and, and uh, in, until, I guess, now. And then I moved to Philadelphia about three years ago, a little more than three years ago, and I've been in Philadelphia for ever since. All right, and you guys met not in Michigan, as one would think you would meet, or... In Michigan. I, yeah, I, I, I guess I forgot to mention that part, too. I studied abroad in Austria with Chad, but we, we went to college together, okay. and, which was in Michigan, called Albion. And um, that's we were in our, I guess, well, we were in the same hall uh, freshman year. We were in the same hall. That's how we What's initially. A, a what? Like the, our hall and our, oh, and our dorm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's how we sort of initially came to know each other. But we were, I would say... I mean, not to hurt, not to hurt Chad's feelings or anything. <laughs> We're probably more acquaintances until the studying abroad, uh, studying abroad happened. Wait, can oh, you yeah. tell me your like your whole love story, like the first yeah, time abso- you met, absolutely. like where you hit it off? Like, absolutely. I it off. So, as Jared mentioned, we were in the same hall. His room was like across and one over from mine, so very, very close. And uh, the school we went to only had, I think, like, what, 1,500 students somewhere around there. So a fairly small school. And all of the freshman students lived in the same dormitory together. That's how I met Jared. But as I would agree with Jared, we weren't really good friends. We did have a freshman seminar class together, which is, I think, how I really got to know you in the beginning. 
And then uh, later on, we also uh, joined the same fraternity as well. And then completely coincidentally, we both ended up studying abroad in Vienna, Austria. I think I had my meeting either right before or right after you, Something uh, like Jared, that, yeah. at the study abroad office. And I remember asking him, oh, where are you going? And Jared was like, Vienna. And I was like, are you serious? That's where <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> so this wasn't like a whole group thing? This wasn't like mm-hmm. the whole class or something? Ah, okay. No. For me, the I mean, the choice was between Heidelberg. That was another popular one that a lot of people went to. Or Freiburg or Vienna. Oh, Wrong choice, And, <laughs> and um, I heard Heidelberg was not great if you really want to speak German because there, it was such a popular place to go for for study abroad programs that you were just surrounded. And it was not really a big city. So you're kind of surrounded by uh, uh, English speakers and it's not a great place to really immerse yourself. And um, Freiburg, you know, it's I'm sure it's great. It's, it's it seems like a lovely city. You but, can say uh, your I true was... feelings. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more intrigued by Vienna at the time. And so it was just a, it's, it sounded cool. I didn't know much about it. I had never really spent much time in Austria. And I was like, I just want to try something new. And then uh, Chad found out he was going there too. And then once we got there, then it was like a more of a love at first sight once we got there because we were <laughs> on our own, you know, in Vienna. Neither of us had, had you know, been there before. So it was... Um, it was just more of a survival thing where it's like, oh, we know each other. We're, we're, we're good friends. We right. <laughs> cling on desperately. And not, <laughs> and not only that, but when we got to Vienna, it was really funny. Our uh, German professor told us not to live together because he thought yeah. we would only speak English. But both of us were very serious in learning German when we went to Austria, even though obviously Austrian German is very different than the German they teach you in school. Yeah. But the funny thing is, as Jared mentioned, Vienna wasn't really even on my radar in the beginning. I wanted, I actually was going to go to Freiburg, but the problem was they had, I I majored in German and classical guitar performance, and I needed to be able to get my uh, credits for my German language classes and for my music classes. So what that meant was I needed to find a place where there was either some partnership with a music conservatory or they had, you know, in-house music courses. And I remember looking at the study abroad brochure, and it was for 2011, so it was the year before. And there was like this partnership with the Music Conservatory in Freiburg, and I thought, awesome, that's where I'll go. And then uh, the woman at the study abroad office pulled out the one for this year, and it was nowhere to be found. So they stopped the partnership with the conservatory the year we were going to study abroad. And so I was like, okay, I'll just see if there's any other places. And of course, then I opened up the brochure to the German section because I was first looking in the music section and in big gold letters, Austria, Vienna music program. So that just solidified it right there. This is like the um, vo- like the hand of God reaching down and forcing your <laughs> friendship together. They're like, no, exactly. both of you. <laughs> it was really meant to be, right? And the funny thing is, in my apartment, um, I lived pretty far out in Vienna. I was in the 16th district. And Jared would come over all the time, and I was living with seven other guys, and Jared was, or six other guys, I was the seventh, and Jared was like the eighth honorary roommate because he was there so much. (laughs) The other guys in your, like, uh, apartment or house or whatever, were they also study abroad students? Yeah, well, so we had one Austrian, a guy named Thomas, still very good friends with him uh, today. The the funny thing is, Jared can attest to this, he sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I love when people have the really strong accents still. Oh, that's great. Right. 
And I mean, his English is fantastic. He speaks really, really good English. And so I lived with him. And then the first semester, it was mostly music students, but they also spoke really good German. The first semester, we actually signed a contract saying when we were at home, we would speak German. And I, I have to say, I'm really happy that we really stuck to that. Sometimes we spoke English, but usually it was German, including when Jared was there as well. I didn't sign the contract, but uh, it seemed like uh, the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it doesn't surprise me at all that they had you sign a contract. My first, yeah. my first year in Germany, literally every day of my life, I lived in terror because the first day of my job, I had to sign a key contract that said, amongst other things, if I lost these keys, I would have to pay 2,000 euros. However, oh caveat, I could buy key insurance for seven euros and then it wouldn't cost anything. But um, because of like who I am as a person, I hate little fees like that. I'm like super, yeah. I will never pay the extra money for suitcases on a flight or to reserve a seat on a train. Like I just am fundamentally against it. So I was like, no. And then, like I said, lived in terror because I was like, oh my God, I don't have that money. Yeah. <laughs> but of course there was a contract for it. It was like, who does this? Right. You get like a, yep. a necklace for your key. I, I tried to put Shower as many things as possible on it so that it would have such weight and importance that I would always have mm -hmm. it. But I, I never mm -hmm. lost them. That's I, smart. Nah, I like low-key lost them several times, but I never really, really lost them. I did lock myself <laughs> out of the house once, but they were safe there. So I felt like it was still right. okay. I did that while I was in Austria too because I wasn't used to you know having the, the type of door where you have to have a key to get in, right? Yeah, There's no yeah. actual knob. Thankfully, because I had six other guys living where I was, I just knocked until one of them got, you know, got off the uh, off their bed or whatever and opened opened the door for me. That happened to me when I lived in Germany, and um, I had to wait until my parents until my dad got home from work. I literally just <laughs> I don't think I've ever said this before in my life. I literally just sat in the garage for like two hours or waiting for him <laughs> to get home. Because I yeah, because I think it was like we had first gotten there, and I don't think I fully understood that. These doors don't have handles on them in, in Germany. Which it, there's no like close the door but leave it unlocked. Really, it's it's and so it was. I was just sitting there waiting, and he, he and yeah, it was a very embarrassing moment for me. You got it. Yeah, you got to be <laughs> on it because if you close the door, yeah, you're you're locked out. But we learned right. through this. Um, my lovely darling boyfriend Gordon immediately got on his phone and was like looking up how to break into a door like break through break a lock and actually yeah. it's really easy and he's practiced it since then and sometimes he will like leave his keys because he thinks it's fun to break in um oh, nice. so there you go there's a sort of breaking bad moment of like how he found his new path of criminality is <laughs> Nice. I spent I spent a good amount of time thinking I could figure out a way to open the the German style windows that are like vented, where if you, yeah. you twist it all the way up in advance. We had one of those that was open, and I did spend a good probably thirty minutes like trying to push it and get tools from the garage to push it so like three <laughs> of three of it uh, of the hinges are open somehow. I read online like, that it's actually easy, even... like for like professional robbers, that's that's like an easy way to get in. They go through the kipped window yeah. and I guess you're not a professional robber. Yeah, <laughs> secrets out. Secrets out. <laughs> I'm not so, a robber. <laughs> so but back to Vienna, where were you living then? I mean, you were like fake living with them, but like on paper. Right, right. when I actually went to sleep, most nights I was, Chad's, uh, the person he lived with, the the Austrian guy Thomas was technically like their RA, so technically like their sort of quote unquote chaperone, I guess. <laughs> our our 
our RA lived around the corner with someone else, so we didn't um, live. So mine were all students, and there were two music students, and I believe one played the piano, and then the other one was a singer, and then the other one was, like me, sort of just a general learning German uh, study abroad person, and he spoke German pretty well. And so him and I kind of were about 50-50, I'd say. And then the other two were more beginners. So um, I, I, that's why I sort of resented our, our professor for telling us not to live together, because I would have spoken way more German if I would have lived with Chad. But in, in, in theory, I get what he was getting at. So I, I, I let it slide. I, it makes sense. How fluent were you guys in German um, before you went? I'm in a constant fear that I'm just slowly losing my German ever since I, I, I left Germany and I lived there. So like my German was, was, was pretty good and probably better than the average sort of students there. But Chad is way better and his, his German is, is pretty good. And I, it takes me a minute to get back into it. Yeah. But I think I, I, I'm at least conversational. I can get around, order food. Jared, Jared never gives him himself enough credit. When we, when we, Went to Vienna. I think I was in, we were both in the advanced level German courses at our college. I tested in at 301. You also tested into 301, but you no, went down. Sure. I tested in at 201 and it was, I mean, it was probably the greatest grades I ever got in the class in college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I'm confusing you with somebody else. Yeah. But yeah. Were we in the same German? We were in the same German class though in Austria, weren't we? No, we're, they, we were in they the started off. They started off where our classes were one, and then they separated us a couple of That's weeks. That's right. That's right. But you guys weren't in a situation where you couldn't speak German at home because you didn't have enough of a vocabulary, though. Like, you had enough of a foundation that you theoretically could speak the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. except, except for when we first got there. It took, like, it took me, like, a couple weeks to sort of get adjusted, especially to the Austrian German. And we started in... Um, this city that was in the, what was that city called? Maria Zell. Yes. And so they, not only was it an Austrian dialect, but it was like Austrian people that live in the mountains dialect. And, and so it, it, it took a, a bit of getting used to. Um, and, 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 and that's bit, there's so much doubt in your, like, in your, in oneself where it's like, oh, I thought I could go back into this and do it, but I, I don't know it. And then after like two weeks, it's like, oh, oh wait, it just takes some getting used to. Yeah. And it was funny for me. I was really, I was kind of the opposite of Jared in that I was so excited to finally, it had been my dream since high school to study abroad in Germany or Austria. And so for me, it was like, all right, I'm here. I can speak German now with whoever I want. So I was just trying to talk to whoever saying all sorts of random stuff. I remember they had a little bar at the, at the hostel we stayed at. And I remember like trying to just like make small talk with the waitress. She was obviously way too busy because there were all of us there staying there. And it's also important to mention in our study abroad group, there were, I think, 80 or 90 students in the first term. And then in the spring term, sadly, Jared left me. So that was a that was no. a sad, sad semester. Sorry. But uh, that's tough. <laughs> I, and then there was over 100 students the second term. So it's a fairly big study abroad program. And the nice thing about the program in Vienna is they also, uh, no matter how good your German is, you're required to take German courses. That's really good. I think like, so I half jokingly was just like long distance and stuff, but like also genuinely, because I feel like you go through that experience and you, it's a little um, microcosm. Like you're just all of a sudden you, you grow really close to people really quickly. And I'm curious then how was it for you guys 
uh, in that second semester when Jared was gone? And then how did you guys stay friends to today? Because you're still, I mean, now you're on different continents. Well, I mean, I, I definitely, I don't know if it was out of fear or, or just doubt or what, but I definitely pretty quickly after I like got on the plane to go back home, I was like, I should have stayed for a year. Like it, when you're deciding at the beginning, it, it, it seems like such a huge leap to be like, I'm going to leave college for a whole year. And, uh, you know, what if my friends at home forget about me or who knows? But, <laughs> but so like I immediately kind of like once you're in it and you're enjoying yourself, it's like, oh, man, I could stay here longer. So I don't know. I think it just helped that we're not great at keeping in contact with each other uh, unless we have a podcast that we're doing. <laughs> right. um, but I think it helped that we still lived close by each other when we once we got back. And then once we had spent that time together in Austria, it, it was nice to have the, the German like we still we still almost always talk to each other in German when really? we were back in um, back in Michigan. Cool. So it was, I mean, it's nice to talk behind people's backs in front of their faces. And, <laughs> no, like, and so genuinely, just, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. So just having, just having that, I think, definitely kept both, both of us knowing that if we ever wanted to, you know, speak German or just, get, or just exercise that, that was always there. And we we're both always happy to, to use that skill. So that, I think, kind of connected us post-study post abroad once he got back and kind of definitely kept the friendship there. And we exactly. just had spent so much time on our own in Austria. There was, I, I think the, the bond was set. Ah, God, I hate getting this, uh, this emotional I'm, chat. I'm Chad, loving no, this. Chad loves this it. I'm looking at Chad's face because I never great. do this. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think, I think another thing that really helped was we did stay in contact while I was in Vienna. And the German language was a big thing. I mean, we would text each other. Um, it's funny. Now we don't really speak German together that much anymore. We used to all the time. We probably should. Um, and then after we finished undergrad, well, I guess before I even get there, in our last year of college, we also lived in the same house. Nice. So it was really easy. And I think you were just like down the hall and around the corner, weren't you? Oh, yeah. You were upstairs. But yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyways, Wait, Jared was this wasn't like a too frat far. house situation? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And you guys were yes. just like speaking German to each other. Yep. Yeah. Were yeah, you famous yeah. on we campus? Of, because I feel like in college I, you get those people famous. that are like campus celebrities, and I feel like like the frat oh, dudes no. who speak German would be that would totally be like a, a claim to fame. I feel like we weren't campus celebrities. I feel like we just had a, a wide friendship circle. I don't know. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I just don't think we were that involved in the in the Greek part of life. Like we weren't we weren't that in tune with with, with what was happening with all the Greek life, I think. Yeah, we, we did more of our own thing. thing. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so you guys oh. weren't the campus celebrities, you were like the weirdos in the corner speaking German. Yeah, that, that's that's that, that sounds very accurate. <laughs> that sounds too accurate. Yeah, I mean that's very appropriate because we also spent time in the basement of our fraternity yep. playing music and singing music yeah. with uh, some of our right. other friends. So that's very appropriate. The image is crystallizing now, yeah. <laughs> and and the other thing is too because we were usually speaking German, it kind of isolated us from a lot of other people, obviously. Sure. Because right. you know, they're like, who the heck are these guys? Why are it's they talking this weird language? Situation. Yeah. Did you guys <laughs> pour your like Natty Light and PBR into glasses because you were like, it's just taste so different? Because <laughs> I lived in Austria I, I, and now I, I know this. I became a beer snob after living in Austria. So I had, I would always get, my parents and I, we'd go to Costco and the Costco near where we lived, they actually sold Hackershore German beer. Nice. So I had Hefeweizen and Merzen on deck. 
Going going to Chad's house was always a treat because yeah, you would have the finest of German beers. Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't become a snob until I started making money. So it, it not, <laughs> so there was no uh, very little beer snobbery in college. I was just happy to be playing along. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm with you. I'm like my level of, my level of snobbery is like directly in proportion to my to my income. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I do like how on your podcast, though, you've got the the beer of the pod. And I was saying before we started, I, I saved the last alcohol-free beer in our house for the recording right now. So I'm drinking <laughs> that, well, out of a wine glass because I broke all of our bites and glasses. Oops. What's your official review of your uh, of your beer, um, of your alcohol-free beer? Okay, well, it's a Furstenberg alcohol-frei. Um, I'd never had their alcohol-free, I don't think. And it's actually, like, I just generally categorize alcohol-free beers into, like, gross and good. And this one's good. Uh -huh. That's um, fair. Okay. It Gross rules out a lot of them, I think. Or, like, they're just not great. But this one, I mean, it's solid. And I think if I recall correctly from the prices in the supermarket, it's, like, not too over the top. But, I mean, I yeah. So, alcohol-free beer is also something I got into since moving to Germany. I like I'm currently a little bit sick and I tend to get sick way more here than I did in the States. And so alcohol free is a super good choice for for mm. that. And um, Erdinger is, of course, the best. Um, oh, I love Erdinger. Yeah. And there's also this one Franziskana with like blue orange or something like that, or maybe just normal orange. Okay. Yeah, that's Rattler. so good. It's a Radler, what they call that? It's a Radler, yeah, it's a, it's a strain of Radler, yeah. but they I, they only sell it in Bavaria, and um, and so I don't get to have it very often, but it is like, oh man, <laughs> my very, very favorite. <laughs> have, you, have you ever had Augustina? Yes, very good. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I like mo like, Anything that they do is, is really, really good. Yeah, I swap back and forth. Like, I live in Baden-Württemberg, but we go into Bavaria pretty often. And so most of, like, the sort of bigger southern breweries have gotten a good little chance to, to kennenlernen or whatever, like, to meet them. And um, mm -hmm. that, one's, that one's always a good one available. But I do feel like in Freiburg, they could a little bit up their game. Like, there's this one brewery that... Oh, it's like oh, it gets on my nerves. They're called Ganta, and they. Oh, I've had their I've had their beer before. It's awful. Yeah, it's not so great. <laughs> it's not so great, but they own almost all of the buildings in downtown Freiburg, and so they sign into their contracts. Of course, you have to sell our beer, and it's just it's a, such a saturated. It's everywhere, and it's gross, and right. I hate it. I really liked. I think it's called Roadhaus. Yes, That's and they export. Good. They export too, so you can get that in the states. Fairly, oh, nice. I mean, not there often. There you go, Jared. Yeah. Beer of the pot, future beer of the pot right there. That's right. Yeah. It's quick. They have a cute little label too. They've got the little, like the, this like caricature of a, I don't know, like a lady in a dirndl or something. And yeah. And their stuff's really good too. Uh, it's also solid. Like I would say this, this Furstenberg is like on par with the Rothaus, um, alcohol free, oh, also nice. regular stuff where it's like, you know what you'll do, you'll do just fine. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. A little insider tip for you. If you go to Austria, I would highly suggest trying Edelweiss uh, Hefeweizen. If you're into Weizen, it's one of the best, in my opinion, especially for Austrian beers. It's really good. Edelweiss. Ooh, I'll put it on the list. We were in Austria, what, like, I guess a year ago now, um, visiting some family friends. And my biggest takeaway from Austria was for, we were in Salzburg for the most part. And um, oh, nice. they had such good Zela bread, which is my favorite uh -huh. kind of German bread. It's like that salty, nice. whatever. 
Um, mm-hmm. And also, so that was my one takeaway. And takeaway two was I love how they say guanix because they say guanix with a real like well, guan. Right. <laughs> or, or or even better is uh, guanet. Guanet. Yeah. Next level. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't spend yeah. enough time in Austria to quite reach that level, but but for like the month after we got back, I just kept being like guanix with like big That's hand great. motions. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Were you guys able uh, to like pick up on Austrian German? Okay, like no problem. The funny thing is regarding Austrian German. As I said, I lived with an Austrian, and he was a Estevina, like a true Viennese. He spent all of his life in Vienna. He was, I think, 26 or 27 when I lived with him. And uh, he spoke really clear, proper standard German, or Hochdeutsch, as a lot of people call it, right? But he now actually lives in Freiburg, hey. and I've visited him there in Freiburg a few times. And it's like his German did a complete 180, and now he speaks a, like with a thicker Austrian accent, uses Austrian words. And I think it's, I've talked to him about it before, and I think it's this thing where you want to cling on to your identity, right? So while he was in Vienna, he didn't need to speak Viennese German because, you know, he, he was there. It didn't really matter. But now when he goes places, my favorite thing is when I'm with him, when I was in Freiburg, he would always ask people, where, where are we from? Because I was speaking German as well. <laughs> they could tell immediately he was Austrian. And with me, they would, they would guess like Belgium, Luxembourg, yeah, usually America wasn't the first on their list. But but anyways, I was hoping to learn a lot of Austrian German from him when I lived with him, and I really didn't. I picked up a lot more Austrian German just from like going out and meeting people. And I have to say the semester that Jared left, I tried to meet a lot more Austrians. So that really helped a lot. I I did not pick up on a lot of the um on the Austrian dialect either. Like there was some of the stuff that you kind of just can't can't help but pick up on like Instead of ne, ne, they say na. Or, <laughs> That's a um, big one. That's a big one. That or, sounds like or so bro like nah. <laughs> <laughs> Their form of bro is like oida, and so we'd always used to say that to each other. <laughs> so there are stuff like that, but we, uh, Chad and I um, talked about, we, were ta- we recently talked about the Viennese dialect, and I, I, was, I was learning a whole bunch of stuff. I was like, I lived there, and I didn't know any, most of the stuff that you're teaching me right now. <laughs> And a lot of it, you have to kind of leave the city center. Like I went very often further out since I already lived kind of far out in the 16th district. And that's when you really start to meet a lot of like more Austrians who are going to speak more Austrian German. As I mentioned, I'm a guitar player. I met this guy who was a guitar builder and he spoke the thickest Austrian German I've ever heard. I was asking him all these questions and I wanted to be polite. And so I kept using Z, which is the formal um, U in German. And he told me, if you use Z with me one more time, I'm going to kick you out of my store. Ah. He was super Austrian and he worked, uh, I think his wife was the other one in the shop. And I heard them say all the time, which is a super typical Viennese expression. She would always tell him, bist du depot? Like, are you stupid? That's always the stuff you pick up on, right? Is like these little exactly. like throwaway insults. You just grab right onto it and you're like, oh, these are mine now. I'm going to whip them exactly. out even in America because they work great. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the funny thing about Jared mentioning na, we had to take a placement test for German. And I was an idiot and I didn't capitalize any of the nouns in my essay. No. Because I was writing cursive and I was writing really fast. And the, the senior uh, German teacher told me, she said, if you would have capitalized your nouns, you would have gotten like a 96 or 97% on this test. She said, thankfully, because it's not for a class and we know where you level at, you won't be in any trouble. But she kept asking me these questions in German. And I uh, very ignorantly kept answering with nay. 
And then she asked me, sind Sie in Deutschland? Are you in Germany? And I said, nee. <laughs> and she got even angrier. And then she said, I'll never forget, she said, in Austria, we say nah. So that was my, my lesson for that day. But Jared picked up on that a lot quicker than I did, I think. I feel like I picked nah. up on like weird little things where like, I don't even know where certain things come from. And then people will identify that like, oh, people in Hamburg say that this way. And I'm like, well, why do I say it? Like, how did that happen? I, I don't know. That, Chad and I love that stuff. Uh, that's, that's part of the reason why, we're, why we even like, do the podcast that we do. It's, it's talking about those sort of uh, sayings that when you translate them or when you really think about them, don't make any sense. Uh, but trying to figure out where those, com- where those come from or, or why people use those. That's part of the fun, I think. I think it's also so interesting what you said about your your Austrian friend who now lives in Freiburg, how his, his dialect's coming out a lot stronger, because I do feel like when people ask me, when we're speaking German, right, and they ask me, like, how do you say this in English? I automatically go to this, like, weird cowboy American where I'll say, it like, okay. oh, it's called, like, a flip-flop, or, like, I don't even know what that is. Like, it's not at all how I talk, but for some reason, like, I think that's what they're expecting to hear, and I think it's funny to do. And then I'll realize, right. like, these people don't know me in English, so they actually, like, I can't do this. I need to actually just speak how I speak, but, but right. for some reason, I want to just, like, bring it out, you know, like, guns a-blazing. <laughs> Me and my friends did something similar when I first moved to Germany. In in our German class, we would speak German with super American accents. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, and it was a sort of weird bit of defiance that I don't really understand why we did it. Yeah, I can disagree <laughs> with people because I, um, I have an Italian last name. And so if they see my nameplate at work, they'll come in and expect me to have an, well, they'll probably expect me to be German. But then when they notice very quickly I'm not, they're like, oh, you're Italian? But... The Italian accent and American accent are totally different. So they can rule that one out pretty quickly. And then I get like French Swiss a lot, in which case I just don't correct them because I'm like, all right, if you're that interested in my nationality, you probably want to talk about Trump and I don't want to do that. So I'm French Swiss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, that bothers me sometimes because I definitely got, got that for, from time to time when I lived in Germany and kind of when I lived in Austria a little bit too. And it's usually assumed that I'm from like Nigeria or something. Because that's where all of the black people are from, or, or, or what they're mostly used to, and it's and it's just like, oh, you're American. That means, and it's like, then you, you sort of become like some sort of mascot for America or something. Yeah, you're and like, I'm Jared. Yeah, I am not like Jared, the elected representative of the Black American yeah. identity. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do not have an official statement on this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think then with that, we will round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So I'm going to ask you guys three questions and your job is to answer it without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. But there's two of you. So I tried to make these more like true or false, yes or no type type questions because I want you guys okay. both to answer simultaneously when possible. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, Sounds good. True or false, American pizza is better than Austrian pizza. False. True. Well, here's the deal. Uh, can I? I know this is suck, suck, suck. But Chad, I'd say if I had still lived in Michigan, I might say true. But I live in Philadelphia now, and the pizza is way better than than Michigan pizza. Preach. Philly pizza's great. There's that. <laughs> See, and the reason why I said we're so um, bad at this game, <laughs> right? The reason the reason why I wanted to say um, true, or, or wait. Well, either way, it was because I'm a big fan of thin crust pizza. So, you know, you I get stand that by really my, good I stand, thin crust. I stand by my comments, though. 
All right. You guys did a great job with being super fast with number one. So here's number two. <laughs> um, true or false? I have eaten more than one donor in one sitting. False. Yeah, false. Not true in one sitting. Maybe in one day, but not in one sitting. Yeah. I think I made it to like one and three quarters once. Nice. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I try. So the most overrated travel destination in Europe is blank. Paris. See, I didn't want to say it. Paris. Uh, there's a lot of Paris slander. <laughs> um, uh, but if it's earned, oh, it's earned. <laughs> I'm going to use Paris. I, I'm going to have to agree. Paris. Paris is great, but it's just the easy choice. Um, those were your super, super rapid fire. Zach, Zach, Zach. <laughs> no, you guys are good. <laughs> Thank you guys great. both Thank for you. coming on. And um, do you guys want to give us the contact info where people can find you if they want more uh, untranslatable? Yeah, so Untranslatable Podcast. Find us on all the places you find podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Untranslatable1, the number one. You can follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast, or email us untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Very good. It's a very fun show. It feels very much like sitting around with two buddies, which is what it is, but then you get this like cool, weird, like when I listen, I'm like, oh yeah, I agree. I disagree. And I talk back and you're not there and you don't hear me, but, um, it's very, we want people to agree and disagree. That's, that's the, that's the (laughs) goal. Mm -hmm. We we don't claim to know what we're talking about all the time, but we enjoy talking about different stuff. Just uh, send us a message on Instagram next time you agree or disagree and we'll we'll let you know. (laughs) Start some fights. Exactly. And we want to thank you so much for having us on your podcast. And we hope in the very near future we can have you as a guest. We would love to hear your experience and your uh, insights into living as an expat. Yes, would please. love it. Let's make it happen. Sounds good. Thanks again to Jared and Chad for coming on the show. And as promised, I'm linking to them in the show notes. So definitely go check out their show and give them a follow on social media. While you're at it, you can also follow us at The Expat Cast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And hey, while you're on your phone anyway, please do go ahead and take just a quick moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the show. So if you're finding any of these topics or episodes interesting and fun and you think others would too, that is the very best thing that you could do for us. Thank you as always to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in life and in podcasting. Thank you to Amy Lungi Art for the logo and to Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram too at a hug from the side. Next week's episode, we'll be talking about how to maintain relationships with people back home. I would really love to hear from you guys. If you have any thoughts or experiences on the topic, shoot us a message on social media or email us at theexpatcast at gmail.com and I will include some of your messages in next week's episode. Until then, have a great week.